0: Stringer is term for a freelance reporter at a, at a local level. So how it works for them is they are paid by the local channels, local news channels or publications that we must ne- we would never have heard of th- these places and they pay them peanuts, like 200 rupees, 500 rupees for one story. And there's no guarantee when, when work will come. So it's all quite uncertain for them. But when these reporters get a chance to have their stories published on a national platform, you know, so it gives them a new kind of high. And that was the main purpose of starting One Zero. If you look at our website, our tagline says enabling grassroots reporters. And for a reporter, storyteller, or an artist, recognition is the biggest reward that one can have. Yeah. So, and of course we had started in October, 2015, and oh I five years are over. So now we have yeah. more than yeah. 1500 reporters, more than 5,200 stories. Yeah. So and yeah, and we have in this time we have partnered with more than 50 publishers some national, some international. So to see our reporters you know, who send us their stories in Hindi, we we, we polish them, we publish them, and then they, these stories, uh, you know, they start gaining traction. Their district magistrate, they start retweeting the story, and it, it it brings them so much joy. So such moments, you know, they, they make us very happy that okay, we are on the right path. That was Hemant Gairola, today's guest
1: on All News. A podcast about how news and information makes its way to us as a story, podcast, video, or a social post and the ripples that information creates along the way with publications racing to log all of it on their websites and the platforms that decide what information makes it to your screens. And these days, more importantly, what doesn't. And as you can tell, Hemant has some extensive experience with getting stories from reporters all over India to national and international publications in his current role as the news editor at 101 Reporters. He and 101 Reporters founder Gangadhar Patil went to the same journalism school and worked with the same publications but in different bureaus or capacities until 2015, when Hemant started to freelance for them as a reporter. He eventually started editing stories for them, and then overseeing pitches and working with publications and newsrooms to get them placed. Is that a fun uh, job, especially the middleman part, or like coordinating everything? Because sometimes it can get it—it it can be like the most the biggest superpower you have in the newsroom, also to be connected to every department in some way. But it can also be quite quite stressful.
0: It is a it is the publishers who make it stressful. I'll be honest. Yes. If I I won't say it honestly, what good a journalist am I? It is the publishers who make it stressful. So, you know, so there's nothing about this role as such, which makes the job difficult. It is only the publishers or rather I should say the people that you are dealing with because you know, a publisher is only as good or as bad as the people who are, uh, who, who are, who are, you know, looking at it, looking at this job from their side. So it totally depends on people, but the role is excellent. You know, that is one of the reasons I cherish this job because I had joined journalism to to be able to tell good stories but as a person there's only so many stories that i can tell but if i am connected with so many reporters who know so many things so just just imagine what kind of high that gives you it it gives me high when i talk to reporters and they tell me that okay you know at, at our place this is happening at our place that is happening and that just blows my mind i'm like wow so the story is entirely the reporters but to just to know or to realize that I have a small part to play in making sure that a good story find finds its 15 minutes of fame that is so satisfying. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing crazy about this job, but like I said, there, there might be people who drive you crazy, but it could it, it go, I mean, that's the case for every job, right?
1: And uh, being connected to so many people from different places also, does it give you a kind of... Um, ability to see or uh, conceptualize stories that are uh, logistically impossible for a lot of publications just because they don't have access to such a wide network?
0: Exactly. That is the biggest strength of a a wide network and original network. Because if a publisher, suppose they they want a story done from three locations. Like I told you, we just did a story about arsenic contamination in underground water. We did it from three locations, West Bengal, Uttar Pradesh, and Bihar. Now we had our reporters in all three places, so we could get inputs and photographs from, uh, from all of them. And we could present a comprehensive picture of the situation. So having a wide network enables you to do that. If you're doing a story, just about one particular district in Uttar Pradesh. So then that localizes your story. You're not able to look at the entire picture, but if you're doing the same story, you're saying that, okay, this is happening, not just in Balia district in Uttar Pradesh, but also in West Bengal, also in Bihar. And if in all these three places across the course of the Ganges, we have these people telling us that this is how it has been for seven, eight decades, or this is how it has been forever. So that is when you are able to look at the bigger picture, the administrative failure. So you know, having a wide network gives you a better, gives you better access to the ground reality. It it gives you better access to the ground reality as well as a, as a better bird's eye view. So yeah, five years down the line. So we have, started meeting our objective. I wouldn't say that we have met our objective of empowering grassroots reporters because of course it's a long, long way to go. We are in a situation where we get far more story ideas than we can use. And by that, I mean, we get far more usable story ideas, good story ideas. And why are we not able to use it? Resource constraint. So potential is huge. We just hope, I mean, of course, thanks to Corona, our plans, they went for a toss otherwise. We have just started our website 101reporters.com from yes. just being a publisher yes. from just being a sorry from just being a news agency we are now in the process of becoming a publisher of our, of our own because you know, it used to break our heart to see that okay good story ideas excellent story ideas mm-hmm. finding no takers it used to feel yes. very bad so that's why for long we wanted to to start something that can make sure that no good story idea goes unapproved. So that's why we started our website, and the aim was to take at least one story per day for the first few months, and then we wanted to increase it to two stories per day, three stories per day. But because of Corona, of course, everything has taken a backseat. But yes, so we won't say that okay, we have done a great job in these five years, target met. But yes, we are we are on the path. We have survived the turbulence in the media industry, and we are determined to you know to stay here and to, and to make sure that grassroots reporters have a platform that they can turn to.
1: Yeah, yeah and what does, what does the mix of these 50 publications look like, the publications that you work with, and what do they get from one on reporters, roughly? If you had to just summarize it, give us an idea of that, how it works from between the publication and uh, one-on-one reporters.
0: Okay, so first I'll talk about the mix of publishers. So yeah. different publishers have different requirements. like one of our most active publishers right now, Mongabay, they are into stories about environment, environment, mm-hmm. conservation, animals, wildlife and all. So they had such stories from us. Until last year, First Post, it was one of our most prominent publishers. So they wanted stories about current affairs or anything that, that was trending like Bihar elections. So if you we were still with First Post, we would have done about, I don't know, 1,500 stories on, on, on that topic one of our publishers is Nikkei Asian Review, which takes business stories of national and international importance. So we get d- uh, different publishers who have their own requirements. And uh, so among this 50 publishers, we have had publishers who want business stories, who want stories about the media industry itself, current affairs, politics, offbeat stories, exclusive stories about development journalism, health journalism. So yes, in fact, other than sports, entertainment, lifestyle, we have we have had publishers of all kinds. You know, basically, every publisher who wants exclusive news, hard stories, we have, we have done a business thing. But yeah, like I said, no sports or entertainment lifestyle. Other than that, our publishers want anything and everything, largely. Yeah. Yeah. Not now. Because of yeah. Corona, everybody is on a cost-cutting mode. But yeah. as long as things were normal, so any story had a good chance of finding a taker. Got it
1: and uh, how does it work when uh, l- let's look at the process as a whole like the the function that one one reporter kind of enables is connecting grassroots reporters to either publications in India or uh, even abroad um, what does that process look like for you and what role do you play or how did you start off or what what is your uh, let's say eagle eye view of the entire process that happens every single day.
0: Okay. So yeah, right now it's not happening every single day because the volume of stories yeah. that we are doing, it has come down again. Of course, thanks yeah. to corona. Okay. Let's, so, let's yeah, say under, about every story. <laughs> yeah. So the life cycle of a story, a reporter, yes. he or she gets a story idea. He, he submits the story idea on our platform. We have a custom platform ERP. Mm-hmm. So every reporter, who's with us, so he or she has to sign up with us on that platform on, on ERP. Then he or she submits that story idea. Then it comes to us. We review that story idea. I I take care of that part, along with our uh, managing editor. So if the story idea is good, I mean, if it appeals to me instantly that, okay, yeah, this is an excellent thing that this is a story We immediately approve it. But, and by approve, I mean, we pitch it to our publishers. Mm. So the story idea idea goes to all of our publishers who might be interested in that particular topic. And of course, here now here it is a case of fastest fingers first. So like whichever publisher approves the story first, the story becomes theirs. Once the publisher approves the story, so the reporters get a notification on their registered mobile number and on their email that your story idea has been approved, along with the comments of the publisher, because the publisher would say that, okay, yeah, good story idea, but let's focus on these, 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 these things. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. Then the reporter works on the story and he or she submits the story on our platform. Then the story comes to us, and we look at it. You know, we evaluate if the story is good enough, if it meets all the requirement, if it has everything. Because more often than not, every story is lacking something or the other. And when it comes to something like a news story, so its judgment is uh, quite subjective. I mean, there's always scope for improvement. So a reporter files his or her draft. Then we look at it. Then we assess that okay, is it fine? Is it good enough to go? Or is there scope for improvement? So that's how we take care of the story we, we fill in the uh, we fill in the gaps with the with the help of the reporter and then we edit the story after editing the story we send it back to the reporter that okay here we have edited please take a look if everything is fine if it is error free hmm. the reporter uh, the reporter takes a look at the story then he or she presses on approve okay that okay no problem and then we send the story to the publisher and then publisher carries the story and when the publisher does that the reporter gets a notification message again that okay your story has been published here's the link so this is the life cycle of a story idea that gets approved but mm-hmm. of course there are story ideas that fail to pass muster or are simply not good enough they kill right at the start we we, we reply to the reporters and we give them reasons that okay for yeah. so and so reason yeah. we are not approving your story ideas and you know this is one of the this is one of those parts where i think we stand apart from most other publishers Mm -hmm. Because so many publishers, Mm -hmm. if they don't like a story idea, they'll not respond. Yeah, They'll not respond. And I don't think that this is a nice way to treat your contributors. So which is why every story idea that we reject, we give a reason that, sorry, this won't work for so-and-so reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now there are story ideas that we approve, but none of our publishers approve. Now, this is a tricky bit because we approve only those story ideas that we believe in. But of course, if a publisher doesn't approve it, there's very little that we could do. A, mm-hmm. So th- this is, but of course, like this is a uh, this is the part and parcel of the freelance reporter life.
1: Yeah. If you
0: have a good story idea, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be taken. So quite often it happens that a reporter gives us an excellent story idea. We are quite upbeat about it. We send it to the publisher and radio silence from them. So in that case, there's no happy ending. And you know, it has happened that the reporters uh, they got fed up of waiting because they okay, yeah, my good story idea, I'm not getting a response. They took their story idea to another publisher and then those stories have won them awards. Yeah. Those stories yeah, have won them fair. awards. Yeah. So like, the, the reason I'm mentioning this is just to say that okay, if any reporters watch this, they, they need to know it's just because one publication or one agency, if it is not responding to your idea, it does not mean that the idea does not have merit you know, if you believe in your idea, if you're sure about it, take it to other people. So yeah, Yeah. usually this is the life cycle. If an idea is good, we get it published, if it is is not good, we tell it to the reporter why it is not working for us.
1: Yeah. And uh, another problem with freelance life is uh, late payments, like, is there any advice you have for people, especially if you're working with a lot of publications? Uh, I'm sure a lot of freelance reporters and editors will appreciate some advice on how to kind of streamline your work in the way that you at least regular a little bit to it's not possible to 100% regularize your uh, flow of uh, these stories or pitches that you're uh, doing and the payments that you're coming because some publication will pay at one month later, others will pay months later, maybe some will pay you next year. Uh, how do you how do you make that work?
0: That that's the trickiest part. You know the thing about freelancers. The, the, there's a famous quote, or I should say, infamous quote. It says, "Freelancer is somebody who is paid per article, per word, yeah. or perhaps." All of us have heard about <laughs> it, and of course, like particularly in Indian media industry, like agencies are infamous, you know, for not paying at all or just you know for not returning calls or emails about this thing. So. But the market is such; it favors the publisher. There is very little an individual can do, truth be told. But yeah, what works is that if you are starting work with a new publication, it makes sense that as soon as your story idea is approved or the commission award, ask okay, ask them that okay, what your what is your payment process like? Are there any commitments or not? So that way there should be clarity, you know, because otherwise some publications might tend to shortchange you, or they might say that, okay, no, no, it is understood that we pay quarterly or this and that. So, which is why first, I mean, never start off with payment because if a reporter comes to me and first he talks about payment and then talks about story idea. So that will put me off because as an ed- editor, I have so many story ideas to look at. I have so many pending stories to look at and 10 different things, pulling me in 10 different directions, right? So, so if in like, th- this is my daily routine. And if then I get a query from a new reporter who's asking first about money and nothing else, so then tells that for me, that person is not a priority. But if I get a reporter who's talking about a story idea that, that okay, I have this great story idea or what do you think its chances are, this or that, then I'll be interested. Okay, if story idea is approved and then the person talks about that, okay, so what's the payment process like? fair question right in that, that's a logical question story my work is approved then what the payment process is like so approach it in approach it in this manner and we be, be direct we be, be, be directly some people beat around the bush too much so no need to hesitate i myself had this problem so i sympathize with those people so because many people have an uncomfortable relationship with money so no need to feel uncomfortable of course we are working for our bylines and for our money so as soon as the work is approved it is commission. Be a friend. That okay, sir. Uh, what the payment process is like. And after you submit your story, after everything is done, then just ask once. That uh, once you get a final thumbs up from the editor, that okay, well and good. Story is done. We are taking it forward. Then ask. Okay, then how do I go about raising the invoice? Mm. Simple mm. queries. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, this is this is about the process of how to get payment. But again, if you're if you're talking about how to make sure that you get enough work so that you get paid enough on a regular basis. So that's a bit tricky part, but it's, it's, thankfully you'll see you know, that there, apparently there are enough opportunities and I shouldn't say there are enough opportunities. I should say there are enough call for opportunities. If you just go to Twitter, if you know where to look at, you'll see that there are enough Twitter threads more than national publications. There are mm-hmm. enough international publications that are almost always calling for pitches. You know, So if you look at, and we have a couple of newsletters, a couple of my former colleagues, they have started newsletters. They're both freelancers now. And uh, so their their weekly newsletters regularly have a call for pitches. Now they have migrated it to the paid version, which which completely makes sense. So there are enough editors out there. There are enough publishers out there, which are looking for exclusive news stories. You just need to know where to look. And of course the rule in freelance world is keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Don't allow yourself to get demoralized. One one problem that is typical with people is they get demoralized and I don't blame them. anybody will be demoralized if you're trying too hard work doesn't come easy, but you'll say, okay, what's the point of it all? If I'm going to get a no in an answer or no answer at all. But if you're a freelancer, know that this is how the cookie crumbles. This is how it works. But still, if you've chosen to be freelancer, it's because this profession is highly rewarding. You get to do what you want. So this part, you know, this is the tough part of being freelancer no response or low success rate, but this is how it is. Don't think that that the world is hard or life is unfair. This is how it works in this agency. You, you won't find any reporter who, who has a prolific record of the 70% approval, 80% approval. Just keep applying, keep applying, keep Mm. applying. Even if you're getting one or two approval, that's good. Take it, take it as a sign that, okay, you know what you're doing. And then just build up on that. Don't allow yourself to be demoralized any rejection. Don't take it personally. That's the key keep applying the, hard, the more you try the higher your success rate as simple as that yeah,
1: yeah. i think that's always yes. useful uh, yes. advice to hear but that it's not easy for anyone you will have to go through the same grind every single person all the people that you admire or like reading the reports are they're having the same issues they're going through the same struggle i guess so yeah there is no other way around it and yes publications if they're listening they can make it a little bit easier by being more uh, understanding of a reporter's needs like every story that they get paid for essentially funds their future reporting Uh, and uh, one one newsletter that comes to mind for uh, opportunities is it's all right by joanna lobo i think and that's that, that so she has been compiling a lot of, uh, general yeah. opportunities for people to uh, look into, and that's I think that's a very useful resource to have on hand. Yeah. So this this yeah.
0: kind of helps out with. On that has... I'll interrupt you just for one second for for the benefit yes. of anybody who's listening. There's one more newsletter by Nilanjana Bhomik. I guess mm-hmm. it's called. You you're aware of that, right? Yeah.
1: No, so I didn't look into it, but because I'm always
0: happy to <laughs> subscribe to these newsletters. Yes. it's a, the, the reason I want to mention it. Yes, it's called asking for a friend. I okay, just, I, yeah, I cut you off only to tell you about this thing, you know, so that people should know that they are, I know about just these two, like there must be people who know about perhaps many more. So the yeah. it's, it's good to just spread the word.
1: Does the distributed network kind of mean uh, that you easily get more diverse voices or is it uh, something that you actively try to include uh, let's say voices from all genders or all uh, backgrounds or all communities or all religions
0: it definitely helps you. It, it definitely helps you because the wider our presence the the greater our access the higher our access so for any story like depend like suppose uh, just recently we did a story on arsenic contamination of underground water in the Gangetic uh, belt, in Bihar, West Bengal, and uh, and Uttar Pradesh. So for that, the requirement of the publisher was that please include female voices because it is the women in rural communities you know, who have to who have to work to get to to fetch water and they are the ones who are the worst affected. So in that case, you know, having a network as wide as ours, it helps us to get all these voices. So and and, and yes, you know, all it's always our focus to include diverse voices. Otherwise, you know, our story looks quite homogeneous.
1: Homogeneous stories, that's something we'll talk about more in our future episodes. So don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And for more details, visit inolnews.com. Till next time.